Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Worship Harvest, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Hallelujah. I am super, super excited to be here. Um, I snuck into Uganda a few days ago and um, Apostle had, <laughs> he has like secret service all over the place. <laughs> and I, he sent me a chat and said, why don't you come and bless us? And it's all, I said, I am at your disposal, sir. Hallelujah. So it's, it's a joy, always a joy to be here. Um, I was, I, I know this might uh, rub some people the wrong way, but this is the way I feel. I feel like in Uganda there are two kinds of people. Those who know that worship harvest is the place to be, and those who don't. <laughs> <laughs> so in case you are watching from online or something and um, praise God hallelujah but um, it's always a joy so on, on Sunday I, I, I snuck into Katikati branch Pastor Steve was, was there and I noticed he would look at me like is that Pastor Noel then he would continue then he would look at me is that Pastor Noel and I will, and he's, he's looking at my face so that I can show the sign that I recognize him. And I'll be like. <laughs> and at the end of the meeting, I went to him and I said, hello, Pastor Steve. He was like, Pastor, no, it was you. <laughs> you know, but I just wanted to, to, to come in. I think that, um, I think worship harvest is a place to be. Yeah. Hallelujah. So. I came in and then I, I, I left there and took an Uber straight to Gayaza. I said, where is Pastor B, B3? She said, he said, Gayaza. I said, where is Gayaza? I said, 40 minutes from here. I said, let's go. So we got there. I sat at the back as well. But <laughs> Pastor B3 was like, I want to minister to you right now. Pastor Noel. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So once again, I'm glad to be here. Are you excited to be in the house of God? Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. And just before I preach, I want you to do me a personal favor and help me celebrate the apostle in the house and his lovely wife, Pastor Ari. Put your hands together and celebrate them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you for revelation knowledge to dawn upon our hearts. I ask for words and thoughts from heaven to flow freely through me to your people. 
I ask that these words and thoughts will continue to speak to us beyond this time until there is fruit and manifestation. I ask for signs and wonders to be done even as I speak in the lives of those who are under the sound of my voice, both now or later. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. So in science, there is this theory, they call theory of everything. Have you heard of it before? The theory of everything. It's a combination of two basic theories. Um, so there's the theory of relativity. If you don't even know what I'm saying, just pretend like you do so your neighbor will know that you, I mean. So the theory of relativity addresses the big things. Big things, the solar system, cosmos, um, and all of those interplanetary things. The big stuff, the large things, galaxies, light. There's, a the, there's what they call the quantum theory which deals with the tiny things like atoms am I correct? atoms just say I'm correct because you know <laughs> alright so scientists have begun to think about if, if the idea if you bring these two theories together the theory that explains the big things and the theory that explains the small things together so they call that the theory of everything because now you can explain anything. They've not completely figured it out, but they are working on it. What I want to share with you today, if I'm going to give it a title, I'll call it the spiritual theory of everything. Yeah. It explains everything. It explains what God is doing in your life right now. It explains where God is taking you to. It explains how to get there. It explains why some things work and why some things don't work. It explains why some churches grow and some churches don't. It explains why some marriages succeed and some marriages don't. It's literally the theory of everything. And we find it in God's word. Can we go into the Bible? All right. The book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. From verse 28. The New King James Version is the one I'm reading. And we know that all things, somebody say all things. You see why it's the theory of everything? It's all things, everything. All right. We know that all things, does that include marriage? We know that all things, that include finances, yes. academics, yes. business. Yes. We know. Now, we know means that we are not guessing about this. What is about to share with you is something we know. Can you, somebody here, just mention something you know. Okay, I said something, something. You know your name. So if somebody came to you and said you are Obi, would you wonder about it? Will you wonder? Would you be like, uh, I thought I was like Lynette. I, I'm not Obi. Is that really my name? Will you talk that way? 
if somebody came and told you a different name, you would just, and says, I know that's your name, you would just get up and walk away because you know your name. How many of you here know that you are a man or that you are a woman? No guessing about it. All the men in the house, if you went to bed and woke up the next morning and your tummy is a little swollen, would you wonder if you are pregnant? You won't, right? Why? Because you know. Am I correct, somebody? You know. Somebody say, I know. So I want you to understand what that word know means. So the Bible says, as certain as you know that you are pregnant, that you are a that you are a man and can't get pregnant. As certain as you know your name. He said, this is something we know. We know that all things work together. All things work together for good to those who love God. Now, most people stop at all things work together for good. So they think it's quisera sera. If somebody comes and slaps them, say it's working for my good. Somebody comes and kicks them, it's working for my good. COVID comes and slaps them and says, ah, COVID is working for my good. Everything is working. No, the Bible didn't stop there. It continues. It says, to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So here is this, the principle. That, how many of you love God here? All right, big. So we've that sorted. Then those who are called according to his purpose, those who are moving in the direction of God's purpose for them. Please catch this. So everything, everything, everything works for good to those who love God and are moving in the direction of God's purpose for them. Now, that statement, moving in the direction of God's purpose, can be misinterpreted. Because we are always trying to figure out our purpose. What's God's purpose for my life? So it means that nothing will work for my good until I figure it out. No. Because Paul went ahead to explain what he meant by that purpose in the very next verse. Next verse. For whom... He for, now, the word for means he's continuing the thought earlier on. Am I correct? For whom he foreknew, now watch the purpose of God, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So God planned for you to become more like Jesus. That's the purpose. And everything works together for good if you are becoming more like Jesus. Does that make sense? Now, that, that, that explains a lot of things. All of a sudden, if you understand becoming more like Jesus, and don't just leave it in the realm of character alone, but when we talk about becoming more like Jesus, it's like, you know, in nomine patrios et filios et spiritus sanctus. Amen. And you walk around like, you know, you watch where you step. So what's going on? I want to be like Jesus. When you understand being like Jesus, all of a sudden, everything fits. 
Look at this. So when God planned that you would marry, when God planned for A and B to come together. Hmm? Have you ever wondered sometimes that God led you to someone and then it didn't work out? And you're like, what's going on? I had God spoke to me. He appeared to me and, and I said, speak Lord, your servant is listening. And he said to me, thou shalt marry. Some people have had some amazing encounters. Some of us, it was like a knowing, you know. Some people had some, I mean, some crazy stuff. And, but you know what? It doesn't matter how you had your own. As long as it's God, it's God. You know, I can, I can let you know what I'm saying by simply looking at you and going, you know what I'm saying? Come, right? I can look at you and say, come. I can look at you and say, come! All three, I'm still the one talking. <laughs> So as long as you are led, you are led. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You don't have to have the big dreams. And some people make us feel very small. Say, the Lord spoke to me. In, on day 17 of 21 days. <laughs> the Lord told me. He appeared to me and all of that. You're like, eh, God, oh. Why is, why is my own voice? When you talk to me, it's like you're whispering. <laughs> But some people had some amazing encounters. And then they come and they talk about it. God told me, I know. And they are right. But then they get into the relationship and it didn't work out. Some people have been told by God to start businesses. And it didn't work out. <laughs> the theory of everything. So now you are saying to yourself, maybe it wasn't God. And now you are doubting. The voice. There are churches that God started. God led that he start and then he closed up. The theory of everything. Be- you see, because when, when you, and people say, well, maybe it was not God. Because the Bible says, whatever the Lord doeth shall be forever. But is it really not God? You see, because the Bible is telling us that when God was planning for you, he planned that you become more like Jesus. So when he planned that you will marry A or B, when he was planning for that marriage to last forever, he planned that both of you become, be becoming more like Jesus. Am I making sense? So when he planned for you to start a business, he didn't plan for you to promise the people to deliver the wedding dress before the wedding and finally delivered during the naming ceremony of their first child. He didn't plan for that. He planned that you will be conforming to Jesus. Your word you will keep. And so a person who God told to start a business and then he treats his customers in a way Jesus wouldn't, and things begin to happen, it's not an issue of God not telling him to start, it's that he's not conforming. Am I talking to somebody in the house? When God planned for your marriage, for your business, 
not only character, he planned that you will live by faith. He planned that the things that come against you, you will operate like Jesus in dealing with them. What would have happened if Jesus did not rise up and say to the wind, peace be still? He would have drowned. And he would have said, maybe God didn't send me. (laughs) Because that's the way we think. If something goes wrong, maybe it's not God that sent us in the first place. No, but when God was sending you, he planned that like Jesus, you will live by faith. So when the fiery darts of the enemy are thrown at you, you will bring up the shield of faith. So when God was planning that it would be forever, he planned that there will be a shield of faith. So when you look at the scriptures and you read something like this, it says when God predestined you, that word predestined is big. It includes everything. When God predestined, planned out your life and where the, 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 the boundaries of your habitation, the Bible calls it. When he planned the people you will interact with and the results you will have in life and the levels you will get to and began to show you these things. All of that were, was done on the premise that you are conforming to Christ. The necessity of this is deep. So this conforming to Christ becomes what we are all about. It's, it, it explains everything. It explains why we have church. It explains why we preach. It explains why we sing. It explains, Paul said, even marriage is an explanation of Christ and the church. It's an illustration. Marriage is an illustration. That's why you just don't, you don't do it your own style. If I'm illustrating something, you have to allow the illustrator to illustrate. Am I correct? Can I, can I borrow both of you briefly? If, if, imagine now, I'm saying, I want to illustrate something. So I call him and I call her and say, I want to illustrate something, Christ and the church. I want to illustrate Christ and the church. And then I, you expect me to tell them what to do. So I said, now, turn, put your hand around her. Now, I said to you, that's how Christ holds the church and loves the church. Now, I'm illustrating. He can come and say, nah, not in the mood. He can't, he can't, he can't tell me how he will do this. I am using this to illustrate so you don't do marriage your way it's an illustration God is trying to tell the world how Christ and the church relate using marriage so you allow him to illustrate look at your neighbor and say allow God to illustrate so you don't say well I, you know, my own idea of marriage. First of all, we didn't ask you for your idea. Okay. <laughs> Can I be at home today? <laughs> my own idea of marriage is that, listen, if he loves me and I like him, we just know. 
Jesus paid a price. <laughs> Am I safe? <laughs> Do I need like a vehicle outside when I'm done? Just run in and start running. <laughs> Praise God. It explains, you see, this, this idea that we are to conform and conform to Christ. When you understand it in its detail and how it is, you realize that it explains everything. It explains why people always tell me this as a pastor. Pastor, no, when I just got born again, I'll just say, oh God, oh God, oh God, and there'll be deliverance. I just got born again. I'll just say, Jesus, and then there'll be deliverance. Now, like God will be telling me, son, I want you to stop this. <laughs> I want, you see, because when you began the journey, you were at a level. In his plans, his plan is that you begin to conform more and more. So there are things that just happened that now you have to call in by faith. There are things your pastor believed for you that you're going to have to believe for yourself now. Am I talking to somebody? Kenneth Hagin said that, you know, to cut the long story short, he, he found it difficult oftentimes to use his faith for his wife the way he would new converts. And one day he was praying about it and God said to him, your wife needs to believe me for herself. And I found the same to be true in my own house. Just like that. Some people wonder, oh, somebody comes into church, doesn't even know Christ, and he say, doesn't even know how to pray. All the, all the theories of prayer. He just says, God, help. <laughs> and that's, that's a, a hard cry. And that's at his level. And bam! And some of you will go before God, and God will tell you, you need to stop watching too much TV. And you're like, God, no, 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 that guy just came and collected his own. I want, God. <laughs> you see, because there's a conforming that needs to happen. Am I talking to somebody in the house? There's a conforming, a conforming. It explains the mission. Jesus said, go into all the world. Go make disciples of all nations. And he said, teaching them to observe the things that I have commanded you. Is the whole goal of mission. And, and, and just as you begin to wonder, what are those things he commanded us? The Bible answers the question. The Bible says that this is his commandment. That we believe on the Lord Jesus and that we love one another. So the conforming becomes clear. It is, number one, conforming to his calling. Go into all the world. Go into all the world. You can't say you are becoming more like a person and you are not embracing his mandate. Am I talking to somebody? You cannot say that you are part of a body and you are deciding your own purpose and calling. Imagine if my hand said to my head, I am sorry, I am not called to pastor. My hand. 
my head is analyzing and thinking about the next church plant my hand says forget it I have a special calling of my own in a sense if you want to be technical in a sense we all collectively as the body of Christ have the same calling but we have different plans in that calling the plans differ the plan now this this whole being is a church planter my leg has a plan and the plan for my leg is to get me to where i need to go the plan for my hand is to do certain things the plan for my head is to do certain things but the purpose of the whole thing is church planting does that make sense to you so all of us different plans different platforms but everything finds its meaning in the fact that we are called Jesus cannot have a calling different from you. He is the head, you are the body. He, says, he said that the Son of Man was manifested to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm paraphrasing, of course. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. The Bible tells us that this is God's purpose, that men be saved and come into a knowledge of the truth. That is what Jesus, he never played around. He never minced words about his purpose and his calling. And that becomes our calling and our purpose. It's why we are here. Every other thing takes a backseat. Every other thing is actually either specific plans for your life or platforms. Our platforms differ. I will do what I'm called to do in line with what Jesus is called to do. I will do it on pulpits preaching and some people it's not going to be the pulpit here but some of you it's going to be all kinds of pulpits all over the place am i talking to somebody in the house all kinds of pulpits all over the place for some of you here it's this pulpit it's not this one specifically but it's altar right you're going to preach in church and bless lives and some of you are going to be amazing people all over the place drawing men to salvation and knowledge of the truth outside of the altar in the different altars all over the world am i talking to somebody in the house so we find a conforming to his calling go into all the world we find a conforming to his competence being able to do what jesus can do if i'm going to conform to a person i must attain or rise or be moving towards the capacities and competencies of that person so jesus tells us he says whoever believes in me the works i do shall he do and greater works than this and the bible says this is the this is the commandment that we believe on his name and Jesus said, whoever believes in me will have my competencies. What I can do, he will do. Look at your neighbor and say, you can function like Jesus. In other words, that conforming involves the, the place of faith, believing. And believing means that we are able to do and operate like Jesus on earth. What are the competencies of Jesus? What are the things Jesus can do? 
miracles, signs and wonders. Look at your neighbor and say, take it. That means we are, we, 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 we all, Jesus said, now was he playing when he said, greater works than this. The works I do shall you do, right? People are always wondering, what is the greater works? What is the greater works? I said, look, let's even do the works. Then we move to greater, right? Is it okay if we just do what Jesus did first? Be, no, don't stay at the back and wondering what the greater is. Let's, let's do what he did. What were the competencies of Jesus? Signs and wonders. But there were some other things, amazing things, that we all must learn, we must conform to. One of them is that Jesus was able to hear God. Effectively. In fact, if you ask me one of his greatest secrets, is that he could hear God. He said, I do nothing but what I see my father do. Jesus reacted differently in different situations. And the people he impacted and the ones those ones impacted, you find out that the same pattern happens with them. Let me give you an example. Jesus is on, at the hinder part of the ship asleep. You know that story. And they came to him and said, carest thou not that we perish. Jesus got up and he looked at the winds and the waves boisterous and he spoke to the winds and the waves that were boisterous peace help me finish it be still and the winds and the waves stopped and he said I do nothing but what I see my father do so somewhere in between that waking up and speaking to that thing he connected and knew what he was supposed to do. Fast forward, Paul shows up on the way to Rome in a boat. The winds and the waves rose up. But Paul didn't say, peace, be still. You see, because you cannot live on someone else's revelation. You have to hear what God is saying. See, hearing God is one of the most important skills you will ever learn. It's a spiritual thing. It's something you need to develop yourself in. I'm going to explain a little bit more. So Paul faced the same challenges and he didn't just get up and say, Peace, Jesus said, peace be still. I don't know why he said it. I don't know how he said it. But I'm going to say the same thing. Peace be still. Peace be still. Nothing happens. Everybody join me, join me, join me. Peace, 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 be still, be still, be still, be still, be still, be still, be still. Is that not what we do today? Come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. What did Paul do? Go read it up. Paul went to God. He said the winds are boisterous like in the day of Jesus. What do we do? And he came out of that experience and spoke to the people. He said you should not have taken off. I told you not to. You shouldn't have. Because you see sometimes the conditions are different. This one should not have taken off. In Jesus' own they were supposed to have taken off. So he said, you shouldn't have taken off. He said, but 
there stood before me an angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve. And he told me that I've given you the lives of the people who are in this boat. He said, there will be no loss of life, but the, the ship, the boat, will be gone. And he made a statement. He said, I believe God. What was the basis of his believing? Hearing. Hearing. He heard what God was saying to him for that specific situation. Many times, we are taking different situations, not understanding the ramifications of it, and we apply them to our situation. But if you can go before God, you will hear him. He might say the same thing he said to them, but it will be his word to you. And when it comes to hearing God, there are people who get all messed up about that. Oh God, oh God, I, I wish I could hear God. I wish I could hear God. Oh God, I want to hear you. Oh God, I want to hear you. I'm trying to imagine my son came to me and was like, oh dad, oh dad, oh dad, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> so let me teach something about hearing God. Hearing God is basically, first and foremost, a decision and a willingness to hear. Most of the time, the real issue is that we don't want to hear. Is it because I like A, not B? And God, should I say A or B? God will say B. When I want A. And so I will go with A. And if God doesn't like it, mm -hmm. when I get to heaven, Maybe we take one of my rooms <laughs> and leave out the rest. <laughs> Often I find out that we, we, the issue is that we're not so consecrated about... You see, but when you make a decision to hear him, listen to me, child of God, the onus is now on the one speaking to make sure he is heard. So when I'm talking to my two-year-old, I don't have any now, but when I had a two-year-old, there's a way I talk to the two-year-old. Different from the way I talk to the 18-year-old. Am I correct? Different from the way I talk to the 65-year-old. 65-year-old, you don't just go and say something. You go, you sit down. You, you eat something. <laughs> you set the stage. Some of you are wondering. You, you ran and said, God, what do I do? And no answer. And he says, sit down. You are now 65. <laughs> <laughs> sit down let's worship a little bit let's hang out together let's talk he talks to you about this talks to you about that and you're like this is the one I am for mm -mm, that one we are coming to eat later but let's talk about this let's talk about that say but God back then I used to just come here and I bam no you are now 65 but when I'm talking to a two year old there's a way I talk am I correct I don't go arise Proceed to your maternal personality. And speak to her that she make her presence felt before your paternal personality. If I said that to a two-year-old, she will just give me the benefit of doubt of stopping what she's playing with and go, huh? And then I continue like, uh. And then she just goes back what she's playing. I want to talk to you and I'm like, go, mommy, mommy, 
mommy, mommy, mommy, mommy, mommy, call mommy. Now, I'm doing all that because of her level. But I plan for her to be conforming. I don't plan to talk to her that way 18 years from now. Am I talking to somebody in the house? So no matter where you are, God can talk to you at your level. So that should comfort you. Then as you grow, he can... So when you hear some people say, the Lord, you know, you know I picked up something and you are, conf- you are angry like, God, what am I... No, just keep growing. Keep conforming. Keep conforming. But don't ever think that God will fail to speak to you because of your level. Am I talking to somebody? One of the, one of the competencies of Christ that I think that, that it's so obvious, that explains a lot of things. So, I've been married for 20 years. And to the same person. I mean, now we have to qualify. So, and people say, Pastor, Pastor Noel, what is the secret? They, they want keys. Everybody wants keys. 20 keys. 30 keys. 10 keys. You know, everybody wants keys now. And there's, there's nothing else other than we are conforming. We are conforming. I'm an illustration of Christ to his church. And she's an illustration of the church to Christ. And as long as we are allowing the illustrator to tell us what to do, we're good. <laughs> the day we decide to do our own, We've left the illustration. Am I talking to somebody in the house? Competences. What are that competences? I'm saying this because as you set your goals this year, fruitfulness, you must factor in these things. What are your goals about hearing God? Another competency of Jesus was how he himself spoke to the Father. Jesus knew how to pray effectively. He knew when he's supposed to talk to the problem and when he's supposed to talk to God. There are different times. There's a time to say, Father, if it be thy will, let this call pass. There's a time to say, peace be still. Not talking to the Father now. There's a time. Am I talking to someone in the house? And most of us as believers, Ken Hagin says, a lot of believers, we put, we put prayer into one, one big basket. And we just fish out one, hoping it works. But as a prayer to pray when you are worried. Bible says, casting all your cares on him. You see, you can't be worried and say you are believing. So when you, are, when you find yourself, for instance, if there's a deadline, it's difficult to not worry if rent is due tomorrow. So you cannot just be saying, Father, I believe that I receive my rent. And, it, and then as you are saying it, somebody passes by, you think, is that the landlord? So, a better prayer to pray in such a situation will be to cast that care, that worry. You will find faith, right? If you will say, Lord, from this moment, I will not worry about this. But I give you this issue. So I don't know how you are going to... It may not be that the money came in. 
Maybe that the landlord traveled. It may be it may be that he came and said okay we have extra time or whatever but you see this issue that i'm worried about will be resolved will be resolved am i talking to somebody in the house so instead of trying to believe for a particular way it will happen roll the care if you find yourself worried the prayer to pray in such a situation is to roll the care over to god if you are not certain about god's will you can have faith you can use faith you can say lord i believe they will give me that visa and i'm traveling to italy on 23rd do you know that? Do you know that you should be in Italy? If you don't, then maybe the prayer to pray will be a prayer of consecration. And say, Lord, not my will. Let yours be done. You know, when you pray that prayer, Lord, let your will be done. You have released spiritual force. You know, it was the same words Jesus used to curse the fig tree. Let no man eat fruit of you here. Let. That word let is powerful. Let your will be done. It means from this moment, I forbid every other thing but the will of God. And when you say that, you believe it, it's easy to release your faith that God's will be done than to be saying, oh God, I'm going to, in the name of Jesus, I speak to the embassy. I speak to the gate of the embassy. I speak to the, uh, I speak to the, and you do not, inside of you, I still wonder, should I, should I not, should I, should I not travel? Maybe God wants me, maybe God, see, Jesus understood how to pray effectively. Jesus knew how to use his faith as a shield to, I'm talking about the competencies of Christ. So when God says your business will last forever, he planned for you to operate in the competencies of Christ. Am I talking to somebody in the house? When God says your marriage will last forever, the theory of everything spiritually tells us that God planned that when, 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 when challenges arise, you will function like Christ and steal and silence the enemy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know, when I was at uh, Gayaza, Pastor B3 shared that with us. And as she was sharing, you know, that's why I like to go sit down and hear. I think every minister needs to just have a time you go sit down <laughs> and let somebody else preach and just hear. As she was talk talking, the Lord stirred something in my spirit. He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So, how did you know it was formed against you if it has not already if I just cock my gun now, you can't say I formed it against you. It may not be you until I point it at you. Am I talking to somebody? So, the fact that something happened to you does not mean that it has prospered. It means the enemy has just pointed something at you. So, you are not going to say, oh, if I'm a believer, if I'm a child of God, why did this happen? No, that it happened does not mean the end. The word prosper means to make progress. It means that that thing that happened cannot continue. That thing that happened cannot make progress. That thing that, another word for prosper is to be profitable. That thing that happened cannot be profitable. In other words, whoever was trying to use it against you, it will cost them more than they got. Am I talking to somebody? Oh, hallelujah. It won't prosper. And look at this. Every tongue that is against you in judgment, you will condemn. 
how do you know it's against you in judgment? It has already judged you. So that tongue has already spoken out against you. Don't say, oh God, what were you doing? When this tongue spoke out, you're supposed to conform to Christ. What will Christ do? Condemn it. He won't go, oh, I thought I was sent. If I was sent, why are all these Pharisees speaking against me? You rise and you condemn it. Somebody getting something. Let's round this up. You may be seated. So we have looked at two, compi- two, two things. Two things which you conform to. One is the calling. The second is the competencies of Christ. You must be able to function like Christ. And the third is of course the character of Christ. If you were to capture the character of Christ in one word, what defines his nature as per expression? We know life is the essence of his nature but the expression of his nature if you encounter Jesus what would you live with love or like my Ugandan brothers love <laughs> some time ago no it's not one zero it's one one now some years ago I was brought up to your pulpit. Can you remember? And the MC made jest of my accent. <laughs> Thoroughly made jest of my accent. That was one zero. This is one one. <laughs> oh boy. I've been having some amazing experiences pastoring a church where Apostle will not mention. <laughs> okay, leading a church in, in Nairobi and you know, first time they'll come and say, where's the cap? I'll bring up my cap I'll say, here's the cap he said, no, cap, cap, for water cap I said, you mean cop <laughs> so so we both went to the to Google Google Translate and say okay tell us what's the right pronunciation for C-U-P and we found out that both of us were wrong <laughs> it's not cop <laughs> and it's not cop <laughs> cop is C-O-P cap is C-A-P but somewhere in the middle there cop <laughs> <laughs> oh blessed be the name of the Lord so if you alright let's get back <laughs> if you were to capture the character of Jesus in one word it will be love am I correct it will be love it's his nature and so when God planned for that marriage for that fruitfulness for that establishment for that greatness he planned that you will become more loving he planned it that's why you can't be promising people to deliver at a lot time and don't that's not loving 
If you were to try and describe love according to the Bible in two words only, what would you say? Love is patient and kind. Everything else follows from the fact that love is patient and kind. So love is not rude because love is patient and kind. You can't be rude kindly. Have you, have you had those before? Um, uh, uh, please, I beg your pardon, but <laughs> what follows that is usually not kind. <laughs> With all due respect, sir. With all due respect, please shut up. The things that follow after with all due respect doesn't usually carry respect. <laughs> no offense intended. No offense intended, sir. But I think you are the most stupid person I've ever met in my life. No offense, sir. No offense. <laughs> the theory of everything. In God's plans for your life, Everything you can think of, the abundance of prosperity, the, the, the jobs, the businesses, the connections he will bring into your life. He planned that they will be sustained as you conform. He planned, it's, the, it's, the, it's what holds everything together. He planned that you'll be more loving. And being more loving is being more patient and more kind. Have you noticed that that's what it really is? If you have more patience, if you can grow in patience, patience deals with what people throw at you. Kindness affects what you throw at people. Have you noticed? Think about it with me for a moment. If somebody does something to you, you are patient in your response. You are patient. Now you are expected, whether or not they did something to you, that your doing to them must carry kindness. Am I talking to somebody? Bible says kindness is the rule for everything she says. Have you read that verse? Proverbs 31. The virtuous woman. Some people think it doesn't apply to men because we're not supposed to be virtuous. <laughs> kindness is the rule. And kindness is not goodness. You see, kindness if you pay your staff on time you are a good man. That doesn't make you kind. You gave them what was their due. Good is that you are not evil. <laughs> Withholding their due is evil. So paying them on time is good. But kindness is after good is done, you step beyond what is deserved into what is not deserved. And now you've stepped into kindness. And there is, you see, the 20 keys or 50 keys to marital bliss, people are always asking me for. Patience and kindness husbands love your wives husbands patient and kind your wives am I talking to somebody in the house <laughs> what what beyond the expected level do you do constantly in the lives of people around you? That's kindness. If somebody, some, some people don't 
tip waiters when they go to eat somewhere. Let me let me just. <laughs> Some people don't. You know, it's it's like ah, I, I I I the food is two hundred thousand. I pay two hundred thousand. I know that they will pay you from that two hundred thousand. So what's my business with you? That's good that you paid the 200,000 and did not shortchange them. But being kind is that you said, hey, here's a 20% tip or a 10% or five, something. Here it is. Pastor was talking about how I went to Nairobi alone. And reach out to people. It's not complicated. Palali in Nairobi. Ah, yeah, they are watching. In, in Nairobi, tips. See, in Nigeria, when you are tipping someone, you have to get their account number. In Nairobi, you have to get their phone number. So, I am leaving that restaurant with five phone numbers. I can eat a meal of 1,000 Kenyan shillings and tip every one of them 1,000 1, each. Why wouldn't they call me later that day? They will call me. They're like, ah, we didn't even know. Because they, they won't know that what entered their account until later when they have closed. They're like, whoa, please, thank you very much. Who is this? You, I'm that guy who told you he's a pastor. Wow, 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 thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much. Oh, you mean, uh, you know, when you are kind to people, you put them in a position where they want to return favor, and you can cash in your favors for Jesus. That's what I do, I cash in my favors. You want to, what I, I mean, will you, will you give me a thousand back? No, that's not what they want to do. So, like. Why don't you join me in church this Sunday? I'm telling you, they just show up. They just show up. I'm not saying that's the only way to reach out, okay? But I'm saying kindness. When God planned for us to evangelize, He planned that we'll be conforming. It means that we'll be kind. Some people, please be seated, I'll close now. Some of us, if we're not careful, we become the reason someone didn't go to church. But you try this. You, in your neighborhood, just deliberately let nothing go from you out that does not have an element of kindness. Kindness in words. You are angry. You want to say, my friend, will you stop that? I, I, if I... No offense, no offense. When you're about to say that, stop. And let kindness be the word. My wife and I have this thing where it happens a lot from me to, to what's up particularly. Because, okay. If I, right now, if I go buy my wife something very excellent, send it to her, send her flowers, send something, send something else, she will call me and say, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Why is that? Not because she did something wrong, 
But because it's my response to when I'm not happy about something. It's not my own, it's not the only time I do it. But I make myself do that. So apart from the regular Mondays are hangout days and Thursdays are gift days, when I'm when I don't like I have just five minutes. Please sit, 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 sit. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. Receive, receive, receive. (laughs) In Jesus' name. (laughs) But as the truth, I am simply a tool being used to illustrate something. I am being used to illustrate. I've not even... How many of you know that Jesus does more than that? So we are still conforming. We are still conforming. Am I talking to somebody in the house? Look at someone and say kindness. Say it again. Say kindness. I can, I, I can tell you from experience that you will multiply your missional impact if you deliberately multiply kindness everywhere that that when you are picking the clothes that you hung and it's about to rain if you didn't steal your neighbor's clothes you are good it is evil to steal their clothes so if you leave their clothes there and didn't steal it you are a good person but kindness says help them take that out as well Help them take it and climb the apartment to the floor where they are and say, here are your clothes, it's about to rain. Kindness. Patience and kindness. So child of God, here is the theory of everything. The way I see it from the word of God. That all of God's plans for your life is on a journey of conforming to Christ. Somewhere on that road, there is a husband. Somewhere on that road, there is a wife. Am I talking to somebody? Somewhere on that road, there is a business. Somewhere on that road, there is a country you are meant to be in. Who you met because you were driving an Uber. And nobody expected any great thing to happen from someone driving an Uber. But you met someone. And kindness. Kindness. Connected you. Pastor Mose, Apostle Mose, you know. Yeah, it's okay. But I was recently ordained apostle, so I have to start calling apostle, apostle, apostle. <laughs> so, now, he, he came to Nigeria. I, I had not been here. I had not seen what God was doing here. 
But I don't need to see it to honor him. You know, people judge you based on, okay, how many people are in his church? How many people are in his church? He has 200 people in his church. Man. Man. 200 people. Man. When he gets to like 5,000, we will, we, will, we will honor him. And he came and he tremendously blessed us. He, I still remember um, up in a that's the way to go. <laughs> Multiply the mission. <laughs> he tremendously blessed us. But I didn't know anything. And that, rela- that connection has impacted my life, impacted Covenant Light, impacted the opened the door into East Africa. For the first time, I was like, let's, let's talk about East Africa. So when God was planning... That one day, do you know I proposed to my wife? I said, did God tell you about me, you, and Kenya? This was 1995. (laughs) So God had told me about Kenya as at 1995. That my ministry will at some point be out of that city of Nairobi. 1995, first year on campus. And when I, I met my wife first year on campus, I'm not saying you have to go and look for your wife first year on campus, but that's when I met her. And I, yeah, it's good. And I, and I proposed to her, and I said, did God tell you about me, you, and Kenya? Of course, she said no. And when I went back and said, what? Yeah, I went to tell my pastor, she said no. He said, you too, is that how to propose? <laughs> Needless to say, we are married today, Amen. Now, let's cut this. As far back as then, but God planned, and when God was predestining Kenya, he planned that I will meet Apostle Mose. And that my having conformed to Christ enough to honor without having somebody tell me about all his story and not dishonor him, that that would be a door that will fulfill what he had planned for me. Is the theory of everything. If you understand that, you can move fast through things. You no longer take that part of conforming to the calling, mission, to the competencies, learning how to use your faith, learning how to hear from God, learning how to talk to God, learning who you are in Christ, competencies of Christ, and the character of Christ. No longer something on the side. It becomes forefront. It's the journey. Everything is at different bus stops of that journey. But that's the journey. He predestined that we be conformed to the image of his son. Did you learn something today? Rise on on your feet and, and give the Lord a clap, a shout, a praise. Now lift your hands to him. Lift your hands to him. Father, we honor you today. Lord, I lift your name on high. You are worthy to be praised. 
You are worthy of my praise, my Redeemer. You are worthy to be praised. Have your way in this place. Move and do as you please. for this has always been the plan said the Lord this journey that I am calling you onto and into this journey that I am calling you onto and calling you into conforming to the image and I heard the Lord saying stop resisting the journey stop fighting the journey for on this journey there are those that I have planted around you to keep you on the way behind you to push you forward in front of you to invite you in do not resist them Do not resist them and come to say, Oh God, where are the things you've spoken about? They are on the road. They are on the journey. Embrace the journey. Make it the core of your being and your life. I must be on mission. I conform to the calling of Christ. I must function like Jesus. I conform to the competencies of God. I must behave like Jesus. I conform to the character of Christ. And you will see, you will see your results multiplied and greatness easily delivered. For this is my will, said the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and worship Him. Wow. Can we appreciate the Lord for Wow Remember what they asked In Mark 6 when Jesus was in his home village What man is this And what wisdom is this Given to him Wow can run on that for some time, right? Ooh. So, Father, we thank you for the word that has come forth clearly. How everything is working out for our good, as long as we are in your purpose, which is to be conformed to the calling 
competencies and the character of our Lord Jesus. This evening, our hearts are good soil to receive your word and bring forth fruit for many years. We bless you. Amen. Amen. Let me appreciate Pastor Newell. Aren't you glad you came? Hey, this one you're going to have to watch it many times. Until there is an understanding. We're about to serve communion. Just hold on a little bit. We're about to serve communion. But you may be here or watching us from any of the hosting centers. And you're like, I want to be conformed. But I've never taken the first step of being born again. And you're like, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus that I may start walking that journey. I would like to pray for you. Wherever you are, if you could just put your hand up and say, I want to give my life to Jesus today, today, tonight. <clears throat> Either here or at our hosting centers. I know it's a prayer meeting. It's a meeting for people who have been fasting. <clears throat> but who knows? You might be the one you might have come tonight a friend may have brought you because there are many good friends here they bring their friends to to meet Jesus are you there I would be honored to pray with you anyone no here in the room maybe at the other hosting centers wherever you are maybe online just pray with me say Lord Jesus I give my life to you that I may be conformed to you. Forgive me my past and give me a future with you. I acknowledge that you are Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may walk with you the rest of my life. Amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, and you're watching us either now or later, there's a number on your screen, 0775-642449. Please reach out. Let us know. I'm the one. I'm the one. Amen. Wow. Now, that was hectic, right? Eesh. Thank you so much, Pastor Newell. We are very honored. All right. In order that we do this quickly, I'll ask you to remain standing as you receive your communion. And when you get it, don't eat it until we've prayed together. How about that? Yeah, until we've prayed together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Communion is very important. Uh, the Lord said that we should do it as often as we do it in remembrance of him. Because there are many things that try to occupy our minds. Right? Things current, things past, things future. The whole time there's some stuff. Uh, the rent is not paid. And you're trying to apply your faith. <laughs> We've been advised that's when you need to work. 
casting, cast all your care upon him. It could be that. It could be something in the past. Something happened. It has troubled you. Something was said to you. Maybe something is disturbing your body. It could be something that has happened to your business. It could be, I don't know, many things. It could be the future. You're worried. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when? What's going to happen if? You know those ifs? What, what happened if? There's always an if. But you know what? When we focus our minds on him, he says to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. So he says you should do it as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Of his sacrifice for us. Of the fact that it is his righteousness that we've received as a gift. The fact that he paid the price for our life, for our well-being. Amen. So tonight we choose to focus our eyes on him. Amen. Amen. Whose mind is stayed on you for he trusts in you. You will keep him in perfect peace. You know, to remember means to actually let the thing occupy your mind. And whereas you might think that remembrance is natural, it seems to me like remembrance of negative things is natural. And remembrance of good things is not. That's why there are festivals, events. When they were leaving Egypt, he enacted the Passover that they would always remember the day they, they were released from Pharaoh's grip. Because it's easy to remember all the other things that didn't go well. Don't we do that? Yeah. So, God in his wisdom, he has created celebrations. Look, whether it was directed from God or not, I don't know. But you know, there is Christmas. There is Easter. Is your birthday? Is your anniversary? Why are those things there? Remembrance. The Israelites they had to have these festivals where they had to go and focus on that thing. Remember unleavened bread, that Passover feast, Pentecost, uh, feast of weeks, uh, which is the other one, atonement, the day of atonement to remember specifically. Can you imagine? You travel miles. Where are you going? What are you going to do? To remember. Hey, hey, hey. Can't you just be there in your bed and you remember? Because now some, uh, some of you are wondering, what's the connection between memory and bread? <clears throat> what a shock. It's the wisdom of God. It's beyond you and I. <clears throat> if he says you shall... Don't remember just by sitting and thinking. Remember by eating it. That's what we do. Amen. Could I have some of that? Thank you. Monday and Thursday. Well.
the pressure is real. <laughs> ma, 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 ma. The standards have just been lifted. We are going to have the most amazing marriages ever, ever, ever. Mm, mm, mm. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this bread, this drink. We receive it by faith, with thanksgiving, as the body and blood of our Lord Jesus. Thank you for every, every word we've had tonight. We receive it. We know it is established in our hearts. And we are going to see the result of it. Even as we have this communion. We pray for those, for whatever reason, who are worried about things. That you will bring relief. That you will bring freedom and peace and joy. And the knowledge that it will be okay. We pray for those who may be afflicted in one way or another. By any kind of ailment. Whether in the body or in the mind. We know that your healing is available tonight. And that there will be total freedom. Total freedom. Thank you Lord. We pray for those. Who this year they are stepping out into something new. New beginnings, new business, marriage, ministry, starting, mission or communities, churches, whatever it is. Thank you for faith, for boldness, for courage. Thank you that it's going to be okay and that it's going to flourish and multiply according to your word. So we receive this bread and this drink as we remember you because all of our lives are really tied up in yours. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have the bread and the drink. How many of you want Pastor Newell to come back? Okay. The vote has been made. Pray for me as I as I start the, 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 the journey of yeah. no, as the Lord touches him because it's the Lord who brought him I also just found out that he was in the country and I was like it, it's a no brainer you are in Kampala, you have to come we are here, we are ready and now, don't you thank God he came Amen so friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace. And may you receive wisdom from above concerning the words of tonight. And may they become effectual in, in, in all our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, even as we go, maybe you came when we had already taken the offering or you want to give something more, please, the baskets are going to be at the front. Uh, see you on Thursday. Tomorrow is Mission or Community. You'll be in your Mission or Community meeting. So see you Thursday here, 5 o'clock. God bless. Thank 
you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. We're taking territory. We're breaking.